Hello, Shine Church. Thank you guys so much for joining us. And for those of you uh, around that are on Facebook and all of that, thank you guys for joining us. Man, I just want to say what an incredible time of worship that was. I'm telling you, it felt like right here there's only a handful of us. But I'm telling you, it felt like there was a porthole right here, right into uh, the heavenlies. And he says, God says in his words, he inhabits the praises of his people. And I'm telling you, I felt all of you joining us, wherever you are in your homes, wherever you were at, worshiping and, and celebrating with Jesus. And that was awesome. So I felt it. Thank you, Janelle and Donnie and Camille for leading us in that way. I want to uh, give a big shout out to DJ and a thank you to him for his message last week. He introduced a subject that I'd like to continue talking about, and that is the idea of entering God's rest. And man, he did a great job. Thank you, DJ, just laid the foundation for that. And as I was praying about it and thinking about this, I just felt we needed another part to that because there's so much to it, especially with all that's going on in our world right now. It almost seems contradictory to think about having rest in a time of chaos, in a time of confusion. It, it just doesn't add up. So I want to unpackage that a little bit today and look at it and talk about that. One of the things that DJ brought up was the word selah, which essentially in its essence just means to pause, to rest, to take a moment and rest. And specifically, as I share some of these thoughts that I have from Scripture today, we're going to be looking at a few things like this. When we take the time to pause and to rest, what does that look like? How do we do it? And we're going to be thinking about things like God's mercy, his power, his love, his life for us and in us. That gives us tremendous rest. And I want to pick up in Hebrews. We're going to look at some verses in Hebrews. I'm going to read a few, th jumping around a little bit. But in Hebrews, uh, the beginning of Hebrews, chapter 1 and 2, the writer of Hebrews essentially does this. He creates this understanding that Jesus is supreme. He is higher than the angels. He's higher than Moses. He's a son. He is supreme. He's awesome. And right at the end of chapter 2, he starts talking about the idea that he was made like us. So I just want to pick up in verse 17. He says, Therefore, he had to be made like his brethren in all things so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. For since he himself was tempted in that which he had suffered, he is able also to come to the aid of those who are tempted. Man, that is a powerful truth. And as we unpackage this, we're going to see Jesus is supreme. Jesus is the one that he lays that foundation that we can enter into what he is, who he is, his rest, God's rest. And he is our high priest. Amen. It's just a powerful, powerful thought. But what does it mean when to be tempted? Well, during times like this, it can be a lot of things. But what I'm going to get into is the people of Israel, they were tempted to get into a place of unbelief because they simply were looking around them at all the circumstances, and despite what God had said, they were in a place of unbelief. 
And they stayed in that place for quite a while. So we get into chapter 3. And again, it's talking about how Christ was made more faith. He was faithful as a son over his household. And he's greater than Moses. He's a son. And it brings us into this understanding of how powerful and supreme Jesus is. Throughout this, he begins to, the author also says this idea, it talks about this idea of today if you hear his voice. Today if you hear his voice. Don't harden your heart. Don't, don't create a place of distrust. But today if you hear his voice, listen to what he says. And we have talked about this as a teaching team. And, uh, you know, it's interesting. Jesus picks up this whole idea in chapter 6 of Matthew. And he is essentially, the, the, you could title this little portion of Scripture, The Cure for Anxiety. That's really what he's talking about. We don't have to be anxious. I'll start in verse 1. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food? And the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They, they do not sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? The value that we have with our Father is what gives us some peace and rest. Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grasses of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? Or in modern translation, where's the toilet paper? Where's the hand towels? Where's the sanitizer? <laughs> Isn't that true? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Thank you. Thank you, Father. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. And here it is. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Praise God. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So today, if we hear God's heart, he's not saying, hey, I, I really believe this. If, if we were in unbelief yesterday or whatever, it's today. Today is a new day. Don't worry about tomorrow. It has enough trouble of its own. So it's amazing that Jesus brings up this idea of, hey, today, if you hear his voice, don't harden our hearts. Don't go there. And Literally, then, it, it ends uh, down in, uh, I want to just kind of jump down, excuse me, to chapter 4 and verse 10. He says, for the one who has entered his rest, God's rest, has himself also rested from his work as God did from his. Therefore, let us be diligent to enter that rest so that no one will fall through following the same example of disobedience. So, in a nutshell, what he's talking about, in my opinion, of looking at this, the people of Israel were grumbling and complaining. God had given them the land. He'd given them the promised land. He said, it's yours. A bad report comes back because, let's face it, there was truth to the fact that there were giants. There was truth to the fact that there were, and the enemy was large and, and powerful and all of those things. 
But God had said, they, you, I, I give it to you. The land is yours. The only two people that came back that gave a good report were Caleb and Joshua. They were of a different spirit. They simply chose to believe that God would do what he said he would do. Well, it ends in this terrible thing that God basically destroys the people for, for doing this. And why? I mean, what's the point of this? Why would God be so angry? Well, they had grumbled and complained, but here's the point. They simply weren't able to enter his rest by simply believing that he would do what he said he would do. And in all this craziness that's around us in the world right now, we can choose to be in a position of faith and believe, no matter what our circumstances are, what God says. What does it mean to enter his rest? Well, I just said it. In, my, in the simplest terms, I think it simply means to believe. It takes faith to enter his rest. Faith starts as a labor or a fight, but it is ultimately experienced in a rest. It truly is. It takes faith to stand on the promises to believe God. I believe that with all my heart, and I know you do too. But, and it may be even a fight to get there, but it ends. It's experienced in a rest. In Psalm 46, verse 10, it says this, um, cease striving and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. That is a powerful truth. No matter what we see, we can cease the striving, cease the f from going into the fearful th things that, that are around us right now. And I know many of us are, are going there. I know I have. I certainly have. But we can hear his voice today and cease striving. And labor, it says. that the One of the translations for... Um, when it says be diligent to enter his rest, it's actually labor to enter his rest because it takes faith to do that. Rest from our works. Well, here's some of the ways I think we do enter into striving, at least for me. The, the, the common denominator in my life of when I know I'm in a place of strife is number one, I'm trying to earn God's love and acceptance in my own strength. I'm trying to figure out a way that he would just accept me for whatever, I, you know, whatever that means in my own strength rather than simply believing it. And the second thing, not believing in who he is and what he will do. That's what catches me each time. That's unbelief. But today, if we hear his voice, I don't have to harden my heart. I don't have to find a place of distrust. I can enter his rest by believing who he says he is and what he'll do. I came up with this simple little phrase uh, I call it the ABCs of being at ease. I think that's kind of cool. Thank you, thank you, thank you. No, just kidding. Uh, cheesy in one sense, but I think it's, it strikes home with some thoughts here. The A, here's what it stands for. Adjust my expectations. During a time of some of this craziness, we may need to adjust our expectations if we have that perfectionistic tendency. At least I know I do. I may have to adjust my expectations. If I'm a professional mom who now is home homeschooling and hasn't done that before, we may have to adjust your, your expectations so that we won't, you won't be freaking out. God's with us. He's going to show us how to do it. We may need to adjust it. B, be mindful of my priorities in time. Man, that's a powerful one, and DJ brought this up last week. Be mindful of what's going on right now, what's truly important. Maybe my priorities have gotten out of whack. I know mine do, but thank the Lord he's given us this time to assess our lives in a different way so that we can come through this different and with our different perspective in a different priority, perhaps. Be mindful of our priorities in our time. And I will say this, sometimes the urgent things can creep in and take over what's really important. 
And I think the Lord will lead us to not get caught up in the urgent things. But what's important? What's really important? And then C, the C just stands for this. Cease any striving. Cease from going into a place where I'm trying to figure this out on my own. I want to give you some practical ways of entering his rest that I thought about. Uh, and, th- and here they are. The, it's, this, by the way, the, is, uh, we, we need to have this frame of mind of this. Hear his voice and don't harden my heart. I want to settle in my heart. I'm not gonna, I want to hear you, and I don't want to be in fear and distrust. Well, number one, recognize our union with God. In 1 Corinthians 6, 17, it says this. He who has joined himself, he who is united with the Lord, is one spirit with him. This is a profound truth that lays the, the foundation of rest, I think, in every way, because that means God isn't out there in the great by and by. He's right here. We're in union with him. That defines so much. Number two, remember that we're a new creation. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says this. If any man is in Christ, any person that's in Christ is a new creation. New things have come, old things pass away. Birth, not performance, and and please remember this. Birth, not performance, determines our identity. We are born of God, and that is a truth we can stand on and rest in in times like these. We are new. Number three, Know and remember some of our responsibilities. And I know those can, that can be a lot, but here's spe- specifically what I'm saying. To believe, to trust. I'm responsible for my heart and where the, it, it, God says this, watch over my heart with all diligence because from it from flow the springs of life. Well, if my heart's wandering off into unbelief and distrust, I need to find my responsibility to come back, to love, to listen, to, to do what God says. Number four, Practicing thankfulness. Man, I think this is one of the most awesome things that I've been experiencing. I want to encourage us all to do it. Maybe you have been. But I will say this. Thankfulness is probably one of the most powerful ways that we can enter into his rest. And why? Because it precedes praise. When we are thankful, and man, you can take a li- just make a list of things to be thankful for. As you start to confess it and speak it out loud, Lord, I'm thankful for my wife. I'm thankful for my home. I'm thankful for you. Thankful for this. Thankful for who you are, that you're awesome. You're incredible. Something happens that leads us into praise. Psalm 100 says that. Enter his his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. I believe, and I may be wrong, but I believe the reason that's said that way is because thankfulness leads us into a place of praise, which man is, is completely being at rest in his presence. And here's a little side note. Maybe you guys know this, but I didn't. I just learned this. When we are in a place of appreciating something or being thankful for something or someone, God made our brains in such a way that a hormone called oxytocin, maybe you heard it, many of you probably have, you're a lot smarter than I am, but I just found this out. That hormone, it's often referred to as the love hormone, it literally prepares us to receive the ability to connect deeper. It's it's amazing. And I believe that the reason God allows that, the reason he does that, is as we are thankful and we begin to set our minds on those things, man, we are able to increase our capacity to receive more of him. It's amazing. And some of us even, and I don't know, this might be for someone out there that has suffered tremendous trauma in their past, and their capacity to be able to appreciate or receive from God is limited thankfulness will help break the, break the back of that thing, I promise you, in Jesus' name. Um, and it also really, as we thank God on th- some of these things, it, 
tied to that, I should say, is the setting of our mind on positive things. Uh, setting of our mind on positive things. Like it says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there's any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things, meditate on these things. Man, it sets our mind in a place of peace. And I want to, I just want to say this too. I, I, I forgot to mention this earlier. When I say be thankful, in all things, that's what scripture says, be thankful in. It's not saying be thankful for all things. I'm not thankful for cancer. I'm not thankful for death. I'm not thankful for the coronavirus. No, but I can be, we can be thankful in it as we praise him. We can be thankful in it. And that's what brings us into a place of rest, which is what our father wants us to experience. Not all this chaos, they, the, the, the Israelites came back and they heard this bad report. How many bad reports are there out there right now? There's a ton of them. And, and if I set my mind on that, I'm going to be filled with fear, filled with uh, doubt, worry, strife. God gives us the way to find rest, entering his rest. Be thankful. Our capacity to receive is great. A couple of quick quotes before I end in prayer. True activity is that which springs out of and is ever accompanied by rest. It is only when we know what it is to be still that we are ready to go forward. I truly believe that with all my heart. When we can be still and at rest with God, that's when he downloads these new things to us. And coming out the other side, it's going to be awesome. God wants to encourage you. He wants to bless you. He wants to speak these promises to you. And when we are still in that way, then we're ready to go forward. And I heard this on Facebook. I can't remember the guy who said this. This isn't my quote, but this is powerful. In the rush to return to normal, use this time to consider what parts of normal are worth rushing back to. <laughs> isn't that true? Man, it's a time where we can look at, man, if I'm going to be ready to rush back into my normal, and I get it, normal is being redefined right now. It is being redefined. What is the new norm? Well, it's what God is going to show you if we allow him. He's gonna, he's, it, what he shows us in this new norm, that will be the new norm. But let's not rush back into it too quickly because I don't, there's parts of my, my norm that were a few weeks ago that I don't think he wants me to go back to. Amen? I don't think he does. I just want to conclude uh, by reading some scripture from Colossians. And this is just in chapter 2. And I encourage all of you guys... Read the whole book of Colossians. It is filled with so much truth and promises about our position in Christ and who we are in Christ. But I just want to read this portion of Scripture because it puts in perspective a lot of what we're talking about. Paul was not able to see the people. He was not with them, but he speaks this to them. For I want you to know, in verse 1, how great a struggle I've had on your behalf and for those who are at Laodicea and for those who have not personally seen my face that their hearts may be encouraged, having been knit together in love and attaining to all the wealth that comes from the full assurance of understanding, resulting in a true knowledge of God's mystery, that is, Christ himself, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I say this so that no one may delude you with persuasive argument, for even though I am absent in body, nevertheless, I am with you in spirit. Praise God rejoicing to see your good dis discipline 
and the stability of your faith in Christ. Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in him, walk in his freedom, walk in his knowledge, walk in his promises, walk in him, having been firmly rooted and now being built up in him and established in your faith, just as you were instructed and overflowing with gratitude or thankfulness, overflowing. See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception, Man, there's a lot of that flying around. According to the tradition of men, according to the elementary principles of the world, rather than according to Christ. And here it is. For in him, all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form. And in him, you have been made complete. And he is the head over all rule and authority. In other words, what God says trumps what the world is saying. And he's saying that about me. He's saying that about you. He's saying about all of us who are in him, we are complete. We don't have to go any further than that. We can have the peace of God. I, I asked a few friends, what does it mean to enter God's rest for you? You know what they said? Peace and knowing that I'm enough. And man, I, I believe that's true. And I just want to close in prayer. We are enough because he says we're enough. We are complete because he says we are. So let me pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for your life Thank you for your truth, your promises. I pray for all of us at Shine and those who are watching that we would experience your word doing something new and alive in us, even in this moment, that we would be set free in our minds of any fear, unbelief, anything, any condemnation from the enemy and choose to believe, to turn our face to you. Lord, to humble ourselves and pray and turn our face to you so that you can shower those blessings on us. And I pray for that in Jesus' name, amen.